Hill Cathedral family, please stand as I recite scripture. Praise the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. The Lord gives his people strength. He is a safe fortress for his anointed king. Save your people, your special possession. Lead them like a shepherd and carry them in your arms forever. Praise the Lord. Yes, let us praise the Lord together.
great, man. International weekend is going down. God is good. And all the time, yeah. We're so glad that you're here. Look around, look at the, all the beautiful colors, the shapes, the sizes, the ages. It's so good to be together. We are better together. Amen and amen. Well, this is a place where everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. The love is lived out and absolutely anything and everything is because we serve an amazing God. And if you're grateful that you do, come on and give him a shout of praise. Say yeah. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. So good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Well, before you're seated, come on, put your hands together. One more time before we're seated. God is good. And all the time. Hallelujah. Come on. One more time we give it praise. Yeah. Welcome to International Weekend. It's when we celebrate the incredible view that we get of heaven every week here at Cathedral of Faith. Because one day, the book of Revelation says, people from every tribe and language and tongue and culture and nation and background will lift the hallelujah together. Let's do that right now. Hallelujah! We're so glad you're here with us this weekend to celebrate who God is and what he's done and what he has for each of us. Well, this is another great weekend to be here because this week we launch our Connect, Grow, Serve for the fall. What that means is every one of us ought to find a place. It's great to be in service. It's great to watch online. It's great to be here on campus. But find a place to connect with people so we can grow together, connect together, and serve together. And this tells all the opportunities coming up this fall. There's a class called Becoming the One. If you'd like to have a better marriage and be the one in marriage. In fact, you know, some single people say, oh, if I could just find the one. No, it's about becoming the one. There's a great class for that. There's a class on Philippians. There's classes on Imagine Living Your Dream. There's classes on prophetic ministry. There's all kinds of options through the week, ways to serve all the way from now until Christmas. I encourage you to take this. Go through and choose the one that's best for you that you can connect and be part of this great family. Amen? Well, every time we have International Weekend, we like to celebrate where everybody comes from. So I'm going to call out a region of the world. When I call it out, if you were born in that region, I want you to stand up. Okay, here we go. Everybody born in Africa, stand up. All right, come on, stay standing. Yeah. All right, now everybody was born in Asia and Australia. You stand up. Asia, Australia. All right. Everybody who is born in Central or South America, stand up. Central or South America. All right. Everybody who is born in Europe, stand up. If you were born in Europe, stand up. If you were born in North America, stand up. That's the United States, in case you don't know it. 
We're looking forward to what God's going to do throughout this service. And all the way from the Philippines, here come Pastor Myra and John to bring us a greeting as well. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Myra. And behind us, what you see is the property that we have purchased and the building that is being constructed is the home of Cathedral of Faith Philippines. This is your home as well as ours. And we'd like to thank you for your continued prayers and support. This is really a season to live courageous, to dream big again, and to have a revival. So on this special day, we'd like to greet you. Happy International Weekend! Wow. So exciting to see what God is doing through Pastors John and Myra Jalika over at Cathedral Faith Philippines. Can we give God praise for what he's doing? Wow. Thank you for your faithfulness, Pastor John and Myra. And it's so, we're so thankful for how God has not only blessed us to be a blessing right here in the Bay Area, but how God has linked us up with strategic ministries around the world that are making a big impact. And one of those ministries is here today. Matt Robertson from AIM, uh, Agape International Missions, is here to share what God is doing through AIM. Thank you, Pastor Kurt, and thank you, Cathedral of Faith, for your support. Uh, our ministry is a Christ-centered, holistic ministry that is fighting human trafficking in Cambodia and now in Belize, uh, we have a SWAT team that is equipping Cambodian police officers to go in and kick down doors and rescue girls that are being trafficked out of brothels, massage parlors, karaoke lounges. And to date, we've rescued over 1,600 girls and we've arrested 500 traffickers. And then when those girls are rescued, they go into a restoration home where they experience the love of Christ, unconditional love. They have a chance to heal, find restoration, and begin their journey towards their future. We give them life skills and job skills, and we train them. Many of them are teachers in our school, social workers, and then a lot of them will work in our employment center making clothing. I'll share that. Uh, they make clothing like this shirt, this shirt, the clothes, all the clothes that are made out in the, uh, the amphitheater are made by survivors. And every single one of these comes signed by the girl that's made it. And so we tell people when you get home and you take the tag off, don't throw it away, but keep it as a reminder to pray for the girl who made it. Amen. And then we have a huge focus on protecting and preventing children from being trafficked through the church that we've planted, through our school, educating young children. And during COVID, you may, you may not know this, but there was a huge humanitarian crisis because the country shut down, there was no tourism, no income for families, and so we responded with humanitarian aid for families, and Cathedral of Faith, you stepped up and helped provide humanitarian aid for families during that time. So thank you for your partnership and your support. Thank you, Matt, for being here and the great work that AIM is doing. I wanna encourage you right after service, like Matt said, there's a, a booth right out here outside at the amphitheater. You can pick up the merchandise to help uh, save kids, save lives. We showed it in last service, it was in the chapel, but they have award-winning, powerful documentary on one of the ladies that her life was totally changed. We're gonna be posting the link to that documentary this week on our social media. That's a powerful, thank you for sharing that. But can we give thanks to God for what he's doing through AIM and our partnership? Thank you, Cathedral of Faith. 
Well, I'm going to go ahead and invite, we're going to continue the celebration in just a moment, but I'm going to invite our mariachis who are backstage to come up on stage. They're, they are so awesome. But I just want to say thank you to all the church family for your generosity, for your faithfulness to help us not only be a blessing right here in the Bay Area, but help share the good news of Jesus Christ around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Can we give God praise one more time for what he's doing in and through this church family, bringing more heaven to earth? Here they come. Let's continue our celebration.
Amen. Well, would you, wasn't that great? Would you let the mariachis one more time know how much you appreciate them helping us celebrate so much joy, so much celebration in that music. I love it. You know, again, thanks so much for being here, whether you're on site here in the main building, out in the amphitheater, out in the parking lot, whether you're watching online. We love our online community. Thanks so much for joining us on this very special international weekend. And do we have an amazing guest. In fact, this is a bit historic because me, a lifelong diehard Raider fan, <laughs> is going to interview one of the great 49ers of all time, Jesse Sapulu. <laughs> we like to say a cathedral. Cathedral's a place where Raider and 49er fans can worship together. Amen. Look what the Lord has done. But Jesse's career, it was amazing. I mean, 15 years he played in the NFL. That is a long career for football. He appeared in nine NFC title games, and he has four Super Bowl rings. Now I'm just jealous, Jesse. He had two Pro Bowl appearances, two All-Pro selections, and he's with us today. Him and his wonderful wife are here with us. And I want you to, would you stand with me? Because I want to give Jesse Sapulu and his wife, Lisa, a great big Cathedral of Faith. Welcome. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you, Pastor Ken. Uh, I'm so, so honored to be here tonight. I appreciate you attending this service because the Niners are playing right now. And uh, I want to give you some good news. I think we're up seven to nothing. So we're obviously in the right place. We're obviously in the right place. Um, you know, I joke around with Pastor, you know, when I found out he's a Raider fan. And, and I know you come to a Cathedral of Faith because we're all not perfect, right? So uh, uh, we still got time, Pastor, for you to switch over. You know, five minus three rings is two extra rings right off the bat. But I, I'm, I'm so honored to be here. Um, uh, Pastor didn't know that I'm a preacher's son. You know, my parents were ministers. I was born in Samoa. And when my dad, thank you, <clears throat> uh, when my dad graduated from uh, seminary uh, ministry school, uh, they went on a mission with my mother to Papua New Guinea back in the 50s when there was no Christianity whatsoever. Um, and they share stories with us. But anyways, you know, when I'm, when I'm sitting in that locker room getting ready People ask me that question. What do you think about when you sit in that locker room as you get ready to go out and play in a Super Bowl that's watched by over 140 million people worldwide? What do you think about? I tell people I think about the days when I played rugby with a piece of stick, didn't even know what football was. And yet, 
God brought this kid from Samoa to the land of opportunity. And there's millions and millions of kids that want that spot. But I felt like because of his blessing is the reason I sat in that locker room. Because of his blessing is the reason I sat in that locker room. <clears throat> I grew up with very uh, conservative Christian values. My culture, the Samoan culture, Samoa is divided into one is an in independent country. We are related, but, and then one is a territory of the United States. And in, the, uh, in the, the territory of the United States, which is called American Samoa, if you go to their uh, government building, there's a seal in the front that says, Samoa Mua Letua, which is translated, in Samoa, God is first. God is first. Then you go to independent Samoa, the seal in their government building, it says, Samoa. Translated, Samoa was founded on God. And that's, that's the principles that I was raised in. Now, being a young man, all of a sudden go through college, get drafted by the 49ers, played in the biggest games that this game has ever offered, played in some of the best offenses that ever stepped on the football field. Were there temptations? Absolutely, there were temptations. There were temptations that hit you every single day. When you win, temptation comes your way. When all of a sudden you become an instant millionaire, when you're not prepared for it, temptation comes your way. But the one thing that I spoke to Pastor about is I'm in that locker room with Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Ricky Waters, and all those players. And I said, back in the 80s, Joe Montana made $5 million, which was a lot of money in the 80s. It's kind of peanuts right now, but a lot of money in the 80s. <clears throat> Did I see him unhappy? Many times. I saw him unhappy many times. And he made me realize that even though I was making great money, Money does not make you happy. Money does not make you happy. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's just an, an, an instant situation where you win a game, you're happy, then all of a sudden you gotta win again to please people. You win a big game, you're happy, the next year they want you to win it again. They forget about what just happened. It's like buying a brand new expensive car. You know, the first two months, Every little dust that's on the hood, you're out there wiping it off, you know. After about a year, you just let that car sit out there. Because you need, the human need is, you need to replenish it because you're never satisfied. You're never completely happy unless God is in your life. Unless Jesus is in your life. <clears throat> So I founded what we call a Polynesian Football Hall of Fame, which honors Polynesian players uh, that led the way, people that, and the reason I started that is because I found out the very first Polynesian to ever play in the NFL was 1947. I didn't even know that. When I played in the league, there were six of us <laughs> Polynesians. There's now close to 100. You know, we got some great players like uh, Troy Polamalu, Jr., the late Junior Seau, uh, you know, with DeForest Buckner, who was with, uh, with the Niners before he, the Niners couldn't afford him anymore. But 
it's important for us to instill our values in those kids. Because in Samoa, it's God, faith, it's, it's your faith, your uh, family, and then your culture. Those are the three principles. Your faith, your family, and your culture. We have a, a few quarterbacks now that are Polynesian. Marcus Mariota, who won the Heisman, is now with Atlanta. Tua Tagovailoa, who's a starting quarterback uh, with the Miami Dolphins. And when Tua was a quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide, he came into the game and he brought Alabama back and he threw that touchdown pass in overtime. I think this was three years ago. And everybody got so excited. They were running around. People were going crazy because Alabama beat Georgia in overtime to win the national championship. During that time, reporters were running up, gave to her, put the mic into his face. I says, what do you think? And before Tua got started, he just said two words and he, he caught himself and he said, excuse me, I need to give the glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> And, he, and then, then he says something that we're all laughing about, because I don't want my parents to get mad. <laughs> that is the culture that I was brought up in. Very strict upbringing. Very challenging upbringing. People today would probably call it abuse. But there's no question in my mind, I wouldn't be the man today without that upbringing. I wouldn't be the man today with that, without that upbringing. <clears throat> So my point is, if you think money will make you happy, I'm here to tell you, money makes life easier. Definitely makes life easier. But if that's what you base your happiness on, you're going to feel empty at the end of the day. And what I do now is, with the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame, we need to make sure that these kids that are making 15, 20 million dollars a year understand their culture and understand who they are and where they come from. Because if you don't, it's very easy for them to say, and which is, you know, for good reason. They can easily say, I make 21 million dollars a year. I don't need my Samoan culture. I got enough money to take care of my parents, my kids, and my grandkids. Very easily say that. But I'm here to tell you <clears throat> that every player that plays in the NFL, just because we make that kind of money, doesn't mean we don't have issues inside ourselves that are very, very challenging, just like all of us do on an everyday basis. That's why you hear stories on social media, players getting trouble left and right, because they don't feel good about themselves. Because the game, although we play on TV in front of millions of people, is played by human beings. It's played by human beings that's going to make mistakes. And when you're 22 years old, making that kind of money, you add temptations to it, it's a disastrous situation waiting to happen if you don't have the peace of God in your heart, if you don't have Jesus to guide the way for you at the end of the day. And I'm very thankful that I played in the times before social media. You know, we had the sporting green to talk bad about us, we had the, the San Francisco Examiner. We had the, you know, the San Jose Mercury. You, you got to go buy the paper to read how bad you did on Sunday. <laughs> you know? Now, it's just a press of a button. 
And the problem with it, it gives every individual person a chance to share their opinion. And then, you know, they don't have the discipline to hold back and do the right thing. I try to make it an effort. If you look at my, my Facebook page, I try to make an effort to put, and I've done that for almost two years now, to put inspirational quotes, not only to help someone else, but it also helps myself. Because social media is a good thing, but it's an evil thing if you're not careful. It's an evil thing if you're not careful. Okay? Thank you, Pastor, for having me here. I'm here to tell you, if you're, if you're not feeling, if you're having problems, we have problems. Just because we play on TV doesn't mean we don't share the same problems. Okay? But the only way that you can overcome those problems that I've experienced that gives me the faith and the peace of mind is through God. Number one way. Through God. Very honored to be here. I know Pastor wants to do a, a few questions. Um, uh, ask me a few questions through my experience with the Niners. God bless you all. Thank you. Get a couple chairs out here. And uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse, thank you for being so transparent um, just about the challenges, uh, the real challenges that players have um, and navigating those. Uh, boy, you know, b before we, we talk a little bit more about that, let me ask you um, about how you got in. You, you started in rugby, but how did you get introduced to football and begin that part of your career? Well, I moved from Samoa when I was nine years old, and my first introduction to football was flag football. And in flag football, I guess I was fast for my age, they started me off at running back. And it just goes to show you, as you get a little bigger and a little slower, they stop moving you up front <laughs> <laughs> to where I ended up becoming the center that protected Joe Montana and Steve Young. That's, that's, that's an amazing journey from flag football to playing with Super Joe. Uh, what about your relationship with your family? I, I know um, you've talked about how, how close your family is. And, and your dad was a pioneer. I mean, really, had an apostolic ministry of taking Jesus to places that didn't know about Jesus. And what an amazing thing. What a gift we had to grow up as pastor's kids. We had a tremendous legacy. We share that in common. Of course, being a pastor's kid, we've also had to do years of therapy. We have that in common, too. <laughs> but when you talk, you've talked a little bit about your dad, but I read somewhere that your mom... When you, as far as the competitive fire on the football field, that you got that from your mom. Is that true? Most definitely. Um, my mother, you know, the, the, the person that you saw share a little bit with you today is my dad. My dad was you know, very strict. You know, at the end of the day, my dad is the one that dished out the punishment. But my mom was so competitive. And I, I can tell, you know, thinking back about it, when she would argue with my dad. She's very strong-willed, doesn't want to lose at anything. And, and I, I think, I, I, I love my personality that I walk around with because I, I kind of admire how my dad handled himself. 
But w don't get it wrong, when I step on that field, I kind of turn into my mother a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Ah! <laughs> That's great. Oh, boy. Um, you know, you have to have a little bit of that, right? When you go into stadiums, like the, you were mentioning last service, how you have the record for most consecutive uh, wins on the road. What, what kind of mindset do you have to go into those games with? Right, and, and that's one of the records that I'm most proud of because it, it kind of identified the, the mental toughness of those 49er teams. We have the record of winning 18 straight road games over two seasons, two and a half years, I think. And we would lose that candlestick, but when we go on the road, we, we keep winning, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> but that's one of the things that I miss the most, Pastor, is, is the fact that we can walk into a stadium of 90,000 people and 88,000 are against you. And you, they got no power whatsoever to control what's happening on the football field. It's just between you and their guy. And for us, 11 versus 11, and for us to see them quiet compared to when the game first started, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a satisfaction that is why I enjoyed the game so much. Uh, you know, and, and, and my kids and, you know, and my wife can tell you, even when I'm at Levi's and, and the opposite team start running on the field and they boo, the 49er fans boo that, the first thing I tell my kids, man, that's what I miss the most. That's what I miss the most. And it, 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 because it's easy to get motivated that yeah. way. Sometimes when, when you win as many Super Bowls as we did, it's really hard to live up to the 49er fans' expectations and for good reason, they want us to be in the Super Bowl every year. Um, but it's easy to go on the road where people are just hoping that you do bad and to prove them wrong is something that I really, really enjoy. Well, I, yeah, that, I love that mental toughness because that is so important in every area of life to be able to have mental toughness. No, no matter what's happening around you, you control what you can control. And we have that mental toughness, that grit and tenacity. And, and people don't understand that, especially when we play in dome stadiums like New Orleans back in the day, uh, Minnesota, that when the fans, when we have the ball, that's when their fans are, are the loudest. And they're so loud that I can't even hear the snap count, and yet I'm the center. It, it's, wow. it's that loud. So. But those kind of challenges to overcome it and come home with the victory, it's, it's one of the reasons I really enjoyed, enjoyed playing the game. Yeah, well that's, again, a powerful life lesson about overcoming challenges and obstacles and having that mental toughness where it doesn't get the best of you, you get the best of it, and you reframe it. I, I love that. Um, speaking of Super Bowls, you have four rings. Only six 49ers have four Super Bowl rings, and you're the only 49er to have the last four. And that's pretty amazing. Uh, with four of them, is there one that really stands out to you, Jesse, that you look back on and you say, that was your favorite? Well, it's the one that I'm wearing today, uh, Super Bowl XXIII, because we started off, I think, four and five. And like I said, I'm so glad there was no social media uh, because I didn't want to hear people say, Jesse Sapoli is such a bad center. <laughs> you, should, you should go back to Hawaii. But... Uh, but the fact, if you don't buy the newspaper, you don't hear about it. 
You know, if you don't turn on the radio, you don't hear about it. But now, you can see everything now. But that, that team went four and five, and we turned things around. I mean, we met as a team, players only meeting so many times, try to challenge each other to hang in there. Uh, it, it, it's my favorite Super Bowl, the one that we drove the ball 94 yards and in the last drive to win it all with John Taylor in Miami. And, and the reason I enjoy wearing this ring because it, that is when I grew the most as a person mm. and as a man, uh, because I was being challenged, you know, constantly. It wasn't easy. Now, the next year we won it again, it was pretty easy. But that is uh, the type of situation when the going gets tough, and I share that with my kids. When the going gets tough, it's when you grow the most as a person. And I grew the most that year. And it carried me over. Now, you mentioned I'm the only 49er to win the, the ring with Steve Young. So I won the second four. And I'm proud of that, too, because by the time we won my, my last ring, guys like Ronnie Lott, you know, uh, some of our other leaders have moved on. Uh, and it was important for guys like me to, to keep the leadership going. Because when you lose your leaders and you don't have people to cover it, uh, that's when you don't have uh, consistent winning. But when you can continue to inherit it and carry that leadership, uh, you know, during our time, they call that dynasty. Mm. And the reason it's called a dynasty is because we continued the winning ways when others laid the foundation for us. Well, that's... You know, again, the, the idea that adversity, Jesse, is how we grow the most. And I think that can be an encouraging word. If you're facing adversity today, whatever kind of adversity you're facing, you know, with the help of God and the grace of God, not only can you survive it, but you can thrive because of it. And it'll turn you into a better person. And that God can cause all things to work together for our good and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, the, the, the one thing that I, I must say is, you know, when, when people put us on a pedestal, I'm really kind of uncomfortable about that because I know that that's really not what real life is all about. Real life is how you're happy in here and how you find that peace in your heart to bring that happiness to you. And, and, and Pastor, you know, I've been in, white, in the White House three or four times because every time you win, in those days, the team goes to the White House. I've been to, you know, uh, you know the, the, the late queen that just passed away. Mm. I've been to Buckingham Palace because the 49ers went to London and played there back in the day because the NFL would send their top teams to play preseason games there. Uh, so I've been to some places where I'm thinking, wow, but I'm here to tell you that that wow is just temporary. Mm. It's not fulfilling. Uh, what fulfills me now is my life of service, mm. is being able to give to the kids what, what God has given me. So, uh, and I just want to share with you that <clears throat> we're not perfect. Just because you see us on TV doesn't mean we're untouchable, we're strong physically, no. We have just as many insecurities as anybody else. Mm. And if you don't know how to monitor it and find that happiness in your heart, uh, that's why you see a lot of guys get in trouble and run into trouble. And, and, and it, their trouble is, is, 
is on social media and in the newspaper and on television. The one thing that I know growing up and was consistent through the years that carried me through whenever I feel like I'm getting in trouble is the peace that God gave me to move on with my life on an everyday basis. Boy, that's such a good word, Jesse. Such a, a good word um, about how the, the sustaining peace of God and having your identity in Christ, that no matter what other people are saying about you, um, that your identity is not found in what they're saying. Your identity is found in what God says about you. And that's such an important truth to hold on to for all of us, uh, for all of us. Now, Jesse, I know you've you had health challenges right when you got to the league. I mean, your career almost ended before it got started. Uh, you overcame that. And then um, I didn't know this until just reading uh, up a little bit about the, uh, when I was prepping for the interview, about the heart murmur that you had while you played. Can you talk a little bit about dealing with injuries and that condition that you had? Well, God knows I've had a lot of injuries, <laughs> you know. Uh, <clears throat> but in Samoa, growing up as a young man, uh, I contracted what they call rheumatic fever that can infect the aorta, aortic valve in your heart. Well, in Samoa, we didn't have the medical, you know, uh, capabilities that we have here in the States. And <clears throat> I had all the symptoms of it. We didn't know what it was. You know, my, my mom and dad would send me to a, a, a masseuse. You know, they thought that's what I needed. It wasn't until we moved to Hawaii that they discovered I had a, a leaky aorta, which enlarges the heart because now my heart works harder than the normal heart. And it's like lifting weights, you know, when your heart, the heart is a muscle, and when it constantly works harder, it gets bigger. And I was pretty big as a seventh, eighth grader. I was over 200 pounds, 230, 240. And naturally, you know, at that age, you know, coaches would be like, hey, you need to play football. And before social media, you know, what happens in, uh, in Mountain View, you don't hear it in San Jose until some months later, right? And I was able to get away with that. You know, I, I went to doctors that couldn't hear the, the heart murmur, and they passed my physical. I played through high school and through college. It, it wasn't until I came to the Niners, and they sent us to Stanford for our physicals, where the doctor sat, I mean, laid me down and sat me up like four or five different times, and he had that, his eyes and the forehead was wrinkled because he was trying to listen for something, and he discovered that I had a heart murmur. And he asked me the question, did you know you have a heart murmur? And I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> you know, I was, I was that close to my dream that I was willing to lie to get to my dream because I couldn't believe they finally discovered, you know, what I knew all along. And <clears throat> thank God that Stanford was so ahead of the game that they say, well, if he played eight years, which is high school and college, with this condition, let's just monitor every year through echocardiograms and see the walls of his heart. As soon as he gets enlarged, then that will alarm us. And for over 12 to 13 years, I, it was routine for me to go in. And they said, okay, the walls are still the same. The measurements still stay the, the same. It wasn't until my 14th year I went in, all of a sudden I was expecting the same thing. And they said that my heart is leak, leaking to the point where 
it's similar to an 80-year-old heart that had to climb up a flight of stairs mm. and, uh, and sit down to take a break. And a doctor asked me, do you feel like you're about to fall over in the huddle? I said, yeah, but the guy I'm playing against looked like he's about to fall over. <laughs> so, but it, it was a mindset right. that I, I, I've ignored it for so long that uh, I, I was not, you know, facing reality, and reality is, so I became the first player to have open heart surgery and came back and played in the, in the NFL. Well, that's amazing, that's amazing. You've had an amazing career now, you're, you're continuing to work at the 49ers. I love what you said about the joy you found in serving others and passing on that, uh, the, the sense of the values of your culture, respect, humility, faith, passing it down from one generation to another because that's how faith gets passed down. Thank you for all you're doing, Jesse. We appreciate you being here so much on this weekend. Uh, before we wrap things up, though, I'm gonna invite everybody. Well, you know what, before I pray, is there anything you'd like to just say to people, maybe they're going through a hard time right now? And are there any words of encouragement, Jesse, you would share with them if they're facing their own personal adversity, whether it's physical, whether it's financial, whether it's adversity in your home, whatever kind of adversity they're facing today, are there words that you would share with them? Well, I, I just wanna share with, you know, because fans and, and our children, they look at us as role models, and in some ways we're invincible but I'm here to tell you, this is my 37th year working with the 49ers, 15 as a player. But I, I see these players, thank you. I, I see the players, I'm the first one to speak to our rookie class. I see these players, and the game is played by great athletes, but the game is played by human beings. Mm. And human beings that have problems, just like you and I, uh, just like you sitting there. They have needs that they're unhappy about, even though they bring a, a, a great paycheck home. The only thing that I know that helped me through all these years, the peace in my heart, is found through Jesus Christ. Mm. It's found yeah. through Jesus Christ. Uh, with all the challenges and all the temptations, and there are a lot of temptations that we faced over the years and the players face now, and I know people that are making a million dollars a game. They're just as unhappy as we are certain times of the day. But the one thing that I know that can bring us back to peace of mind is our faith through Jesus mm. Christ. Praise God. He's that anchor. We can anchor our soul to Jesus, and he helps us get through adversity. He helps us in every way in life. And I'm gonna invite you to bow your heads for just a moment. Wherever you're at, joining with us, if you're on campus, if you're online, if you would say, Pastor Ken, I, I know about Jesus, I've heard about Jesus, but I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I've never declared that I'm a follower of Jesus. You know, this can be your moment. There's something about getting connected to Jesus that you have that deep peace that only he can offer. You have an identity that is truly unshakable. And you have a hope for eternity. 
because this isn't all there is. And if you'd like to make that decision today, I just want to agree with you that this is your day. If you'd like to make that decision and say, I declare I am a follower of Jesus, just lift up your hand wherever you're at. You're becoming a follower of Jesus today. God bless you. 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 Up in the balcony, you'd say, that's me, Pastor Ken, right up there. God bless you. Over here on this side of the balcony, God bless you. Out in the the amphitheater, God sees your hand. Out in the parking lot, God knows your heart. The Bible says all heaven is focused in on this moment as you are declaring you're surrendering your life to Jesus, that heaven is rejoicing at this. Hope you sense God's smile. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for those who are making the decision to follow Jesus today. That's why Jesus came into the world, was for this moment right here, so that people could surrender their lives to him, make their way back into relationship with you. God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. That our past is past. Thank you for the power that you give us to live in the present. Thank you for the hope that anchors our soul for the future. And Father, I pray for not only those that are coming to Christ, but I pray for those who are facing adversity. Let them sense your power and your presence that you're with them and you're for them. I pray for those who are having struggles. They're confused when it comes to who they are. Lord, help them to hear your voice in the midst of all the other voices on social media. Help them to hear the one true voice that defines who they are. I am who God says I am, and I can do what God says I can do. Father, we pray for all the NFL players who are back in action this week. We pray, God, that they would sense you. We pray that they would know that they are loved by you, And if there are any who are far from you, we pray that they would turn towards you. If there are any who are struggling right now, God, we pray that you would encourage them in the midst of their struggle. And we pray for Jesse and Lisa and his entire family, his kids, his grandkids. Lord, may the rest of his years be the best of his years. Continue to work through his life in Jesus' name and for Jesus' glory. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And would you, one more time, would you let Jesse and Lisa know how much you appreciate them being with us today? Jesse, thank you. Oh, buddy. God bless you, Jesse. Amen. Everybody stand with me, please. Our World of Arts department is coming to wrap up our celebration. Give them a great big welcome as they come.
You know, is that Landon? Landon, come on up here and join me up on the platform. Landon, this is Pastor Cedric's son right here. He does such a great job. Would you give, would you give the entire World of Arts ministry again? Let them know how much you appreciate them helping us to celebrate. So proud of you. Just a couple of quick things before I dismiss you. First of all, Dr. Wayne and my brother are leading a group from the church to the Holy Land. Tomorrow, there's 50 people from Cathedral that are going on that trip. So we look forward to talking to you next week. They'll be in the Holy Land. And so blessings on you for that trip. Keep them in prayer. And then right after service, again, thanks so much for being here. Jesse is out in the lobby. He's got some really cool stuff he can sign for you out there. Him and Lisa are out there. And then don't forget uh, AIM, the group that works against human trafficking. They, they've got um, some of those garments that the girls have made are right over here in the amphitheater. And if you don't have to, if you don't have somewhere you gotta get out to right away, We've got music going on in the amphitheater. We got food trucks. We got a food truck that does a really delicious, unique take on Mexican food. They're out there. And uh, I invite you to keep the day going. You know, enjoy the amphitheater. Go home and watch the Raiders beat the Chargers. And then right after that, head up to Redwood City and see Christian Duffy, or Christopher Duffy, up there in Redwood City at the Fox Theater. It's going to be an amazing event that night. So again, lots of things happening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you His peace. And this week, may the joy of the Lord fill your heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you to go, Cathedral.